God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And this is Elias Flores coming to you once again. And we're <laughs> that that's the great uh, Vody Bachman, um, a Reformed theologian. And, and again, if you're looking for signs and wonders and miracles and the move of the Spirit, you're not going to get it from him. But what you will get from him is strong textual interpretation. And what you will get from Vody, Vody is um, true to the textual, how they interpret certain uh, spiritual things. Uh, he's along the same lines with... Uh, with John MacArthur, uh, they're sensationists, which means they do not believe in the move of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs and wonders, the supernatural. They believe in the book. So based on his perspective on the book, um, 
because what we really need too, especially in the charismatic movement, is the book or the or the or those of us that are Pentecostal and have the things of the Spirit at the forefront of our minds. Um, the move of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, miracles, signs and wonders, uh, a mighty flow from God. We have to stay true to the text. So, voting sticks true to the text. And um, I use him quite a bit because he has such a perspective biblically on how to not compromise your biblical perspectives and your biblical stances because what the world has done and what the church has adapted to is the fact that you become so much like the world so that the world accepts you and then once the world accepts you then you turn around and say but I believe in Jesus and then now you got to and, and that's going to be your platform for that but that's not a biblical model that's not a biblical model at all it's never, it, it's a Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a holy living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. But be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, that flies in the face of that philosophy. Okay, and I know because some of the work that I'm doing right now, uh, as I work with um, with uh, some great boxers, uh, that they they are in a world and the thing is they want christianity they want in in this in this huge limelight and they, their desire for righteousness and holiness their desire to please and serve god it's there you know but they have to make a choice they have to make a choice on on serving god or becoming more famous and then later on try to you know, bait and switch later, and that's that's one of the that's one of the the battles that they face. And some are coming to Christ now, um, in in the the age that they're that they're in, already famous, and now they are they are pulling completely away from the world and into and into the things of God and seeing the big difference of you know not compromising. And so what we want to do today is let you know that there is hope for this generation, but it's gonna come from an uncompromised message and it's gonna come from an uncompromised person. It's gonna come from someone that actually sits there and say, I believe in Jesus and I believe what the Bible says and I'm gonna stay to the, to the truths of the Bible, especially in the day that we're living in where Christianity is being persecuted everywhere. I played a clip last week, um, I believe, on uh, the Pride Week and how they've come after the church and um, and that they said that, you know, don't hide behind your religious exemptions from wearing a pride patch for the athletes of the Tampa Bay, uh, that you got to wear the rainbow, you got to accept the rainbow, you got to accept all that, the the theories of of the culture and, and no we don't no we don't and we're not bigoted we just don't step into we just don't step into and bend our knee to humanistic devilish ideas and ideology we don't do that we look at them and we stand firm-footed on the truth of God's word that there are two genders God created man and woman that's what Jesus said and you go guard you go back to Genesis chapter 1 2 and 3 you plant your feet right solid there and you don't move you don't move from that they can't fight that because all they have is theories feelings and emotions all they all they have is is is, is you know passion that's all they that, that's all they have. They don't have any facts. They don't, there's no gay chromosome. There's there's nothing biological about that. It's it's all it's all mental, it's all emotional and they don't want to deal with it. It's all original sin for all of sin. But again, 
the church has capitulated to that. The church has started looking at ways to make that nice. And, well, you know, God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Well, you got to ask people in Sodom and Gomorrah what God felt about that. And why do you think they're going to drag queens? And why do you think Disney has, has come out with a full-fledged a full-fledged assault on your on our children. Why? Because they they are trying to turn us into Sodom and Gomorrah. That's one of the signs of the times. That's one of the signs of the times. Okay, Jesus said, you know, hey, consider Lot's wife. What were they in? God was trying to get them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot's wife didn't want to go. How many Christians don't want to go? How many Christians don't want to let go of, of oh, the LGBTQ? Well, there's some good in it. And the church should be acceptance of it. And we should fly a flag in there. And we should, and you know, it, it's okay to, to have certain convenient sins. You know, what's it going to hurt? And, well, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. And that, that tells you all you need to know, okay, on how God views that abomination. Okay, and again, we're in Pride Month where, if according to the culture, if you don't accept it, you are all these horrible things and horrible people. Okay, you are dark, you're bigoted, you're unloving, you're unkind, you're everything that the Bible says that you're not because God is love. Okay, they just don't interpret things according to text, contextual reading, liter um, historical facts. They read none of that. They read it according to how they feel how they feel. And that's not a biblical perspective that we stand on. We read it because God said it. It's God's word. And so I want to give you some hope today. I want to, I want to give you a perspective today on, on Generation Shine, that there's a generation that God's raising up. And I'm, and I'm privy to see some of it happening on very high levels of the fact that there is a generation that's shining. And again, they shine different than from what my generation did and we must give this generation the the ability to be great and how to speak to their generation the gospel but we don't compromise holiness we don't compromise righteousness we don't compromise transformation we don't compromise those things but this is how we do it we stay true to the text i like psalms 124 1 and 2 let's start with that perspective that we have to start getting down and into our churches okay because we feel as if we are the orphans or we are we are the ones that are marginalized listen to this if you are born again okay you are born again you are, you are part of the family of God. Listen to this. Psalms 124, 1 and 2. Write this down. Because, because you have the, don't forget, you have, you have, if you have teenagers in college, you, um, you know, they're, they're, they're being, um, they're being indoctrinated and they're, they're be learning things out there like climate change. They're learning things out there like gender, gender neutrality. They're learning, um, they're learning all these, these crazy Theories, the theories, okay? Let's lock it down biblically, okay? This is how you stay uncompromised. You know your word and you don't move away from your word. Listen, Psalms 124, 1 and 2 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Now listen, let's make a distinction. All humankind are God's creation, but not all are God's children. Okay, I'll say that again. All humankind, all man, I mean mankind, they are all God's creation, but not all God's creation are God's children. Jesus said that himself. 
in the book of John where he says, you are of your father, the devil. Again, again, he calls them children of the devil. Why? Because not all creation are children of God. And the born again experience separates you into the kingdom of God. So watch what, the, look at the text here. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Listen to all the climate change. Listen to all these, all these green energy. Listen to all these people that are trying to control the planet. Who does the earth belong to? And all that dwell in it. And the fullness thereof, everything in it. God owns everything. Everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. Lock that down. Don't forget it and don't get off that stance. When they try, when they try to tell you, oh, you know, the earth, the world's gonna end in 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 12 years. Climate is just gonna collapse on us. The ocean's gonna overtake. Stop it. You sound the church sounds ridiculous with that. They've been wrong forever because they're trying to legislate and manipulate and control people. Through fear. They've been wrong ever since. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So there is an evil one. Watch what he says. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So we need to get away from the evil one. Because his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. What I'm trying to show you is the divide of the two worlds. The divide of the two concepts. The divide that's there. Lead us not into temptation. The tempter. Satan, one of Satan's uh, titles is called the tempter. And the tempter came. And then... For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. How long is the kingdom? How long is the glory? Forever and ever. So we see this, this, we see this lordship. Do you know that word Lord, Adonai, in the in the um, in the Hebrew? Uh, that means landlord. That means owner. That means the 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 boss. That means the one. So when these people try to tell you things, oh, there, there's many genders, or there's, um, there's intersectionality of of genders, and they and they give you all this stuff, and you you're wrong if you don't believe it. You're mean if you don't go along with the game. You're 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 cruel because I know a friend of a friend that's like that, and and that, it doesn't make it it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make it right. They're part of the creation. They're part of a sinful world that they need to repent, get saved, and become children of God, children of the light, if you will. Born again. This divide is so big, again, because we're trying to we're trying to change the culture. But you don't change the culture by becoming part of the culture. You remain, you remain part of the fullness thereof. You remain, you remain in the biblical perspectives that we're not going to be led by, temp by the tempter. We're going to stand in the kingdom for, that is forever and ever. Amen. Matthew 12, uh, 25 through 26 Okay, says this, but Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand and is brought to desolation. And every house and city 
divided against himself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So again, by going, by becoming and conforming and compromising yourself so that you can be accepted, you're dividing yourself. You won't stand. You, there's, there's countless, there's countless Christians that have gone on that have gone on with the idea of I'll be famous and then I'll change the world. That have that have um, bit the bullet, has not stand, haven't made it through. Why? Because that's not that's not a biblical model. You have to you stay true to the text. God, it's all promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from it doesn't come from the world acknowledging you. And, and we have this idea that the world that that the world has to acknowledge us to make us great. No, we must become great, and our affections are to become great in the sight of God, not in the sight of man. Not in the sight of man. And so, when you when you look at this, and again, as I'm just kind of laying out some thoughts for you, okay, that don't be divided kingdom. Don't be a divided kingdom within yourself. You won't stand. I like Luke 18, 15 through 17 says this, Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called, called them to him and said, Little children, come to me and do not for, forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter therein. Here we have, again, God's perspective, Jesus' perspective on children, on the young adults, on humanity. Let them come to me. No, no. Unless you come like this, unless you come with a pure heart, unless you come like these little children, okay? That's, that's the attitude. That's the perspective. That's the hunger, the desire, the thirst we should have as a little children coming after ice cream, as a little children coming, know that something good is coming from God. It all, God has a plan for children. God has a plan for your family. God has a plan for your children, for your teenagers. God has a plan for the young adults. God has a will and, and, and he has a good plan for you. Jeremiah 29, uh, 29 uh, tells us that. So when we look at when we look at this generation, we have to understand that that we can't send them compromised. We don't compromise to win them. We stay true to the gospel. We stay true to the word. We stay true to it. Courage, courage. Courage is demonstrated in tough times. When you're being persecuted, that's when courage is needed. It's seen. You don't get high fives from everybody for being courageous, but guess what? There are people that are watching and saying, man, that person's courageous. That person didn't back down. That person held, held, held to the truth of the gospel. That person was real. That person didn't bend his knee. Because Daniel 12, 3, listen to this. This is what I'm declaring. This is for parents. This is for, for those of you that are young adults that are listening to this. This is you. This is you. Daniel 12, 3. Those, are, those who are wise shall, shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There's a revival coming, but it's going to come through 
children, young people that are wise, that are wise, that have wisdom, that have godly wisdom. We're praying this day, we're praying this day that God will raise up young men with old men's wisdom, with that they receive the baton of wisdom that we are passing down from generation. They don't live by common wisdom, but they be they begin to shine in this generation because they're not going with the flow. They're not being led by the tempter. They're not going down the roads of destruction. They are holding their grounds because they're wise and they're shining. They're, they're wise and the wisdom is, is causing them to stand out against the others. And how many are coming? Like the stars of the heaven forever. We're looking for a mass harvest, but it's going to come through those who are uncompromisingly righteous. Okay, that's what we're looking at. First Timothy chapter 4, 12 on that line of this young generation, of this young people that, that are shining now. Listen to this, okay? Listen to this text. First Timothy 4, 12. Let no one despise your youth. And, and I know we, we preach this from many perspectives, right? Don't look down on the youth. Don't let anybody look down on you. But let's look at this. Let's break this down. Despise. Kata proneo, kata proneo, kata means to come down. Don't let anybody come down on you, subjugate you, control you, manipulate. That's what that word kata means, to lay hands on you, control you, and manipulate you. Proneo means to, means to, to pounce on you and to really restrict you. So don't let anybody, don't let anybody manipulate you in order to control your actions. It says, let no one despise your youth. And we have a manipulated, controlled by the media, controlled by doctrines of devils in our in our public school, in uh, in our public schools, in our media. I mean, it's everywhere. This control, this manipulation that's gone on with our young people. They have been despised. Let no man despise your youth. Let no man control and manipulate you. Okay. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, and in love. Listen, be be what? An example. Be a pattern. We have, we have young men right now that need to be patterns. Young women need to be patterns and examples. When you go into the world, you are to shine. You are to, you are to be different because you live under different information. You live under different knowledge. You have a different perspective than they do. They have, they, they're under the rainbow. Hey, you are under the God of heaven that controls everything. They have a little, they, they're claiming a piece of, of, of creation. No, you have, the, you serve the creator of all things. That's who your daddy is. Okay. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word. In other words, the young, your young Christians should, or your young men, your young women, the, the youth group, the children's ministry should be an example to the church. Start in the church first. Start in the home first. Have great conduct in the home first. In conduct and in love and in spirit, in faith, and I love what he said, and in purity. In other words, we have to, we have to have strong preaching to deal with impurities. We have to have a strong message to deal with impurities, to keep us in faith, to keep us in strong in spirit, to keep us in the love of God, to give us proper conduct. See, there are a lot of people that don't think conduct matters anymore because of grace. It does. 
It takes grace to have great conduct. It has grace to have great, great perspectives on how to deal with humanity. And part of it is dealing with purity. Okay, this generation does not like to deal with purity. They don't like to. They don't like to hear that they're wrong. They don't like to hear that they can't say that or they can't do that or that is sin. Purity is drawn out. Here in California, they try to pass some bills that we could not preach uh, transformative messages against anybody that's struggling with um, LGBTQ issues. Okay, if you're homosexual, you can't, you can't tell them that Jesus is the way and the Bible says this. You can't do that because, because it's oppressive. And, it's, and, and what, what are they saying? Get rid of your purity message. Get rid of the message of purity. Get rid of it. Don't preach. Don't preach that, 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 um, that these things draw you um, away from God. Don't, don't, don't preach that, that you can't you can fornicate, you can't adulterate, you can't do all these, you know, get drunk and, and shoot drugs. Don't, don't preach that stuff because they, that's oppressive to them. That's oppressive. That's exactly what the bill said. They can't, you cannot preach, you cannot preach sanctification and holiness and righteousness because it's oppressive and it's hard on people and, 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 and it hurts people's feelings and it depresses them. That's why you can't do it. Watch this. Listen to what it says. Okay? He says, he says, till I come, give attention to number one, reading. Reading. Analogeos. Reading. The analogs. The books. Read. Become readers. There's a lot of, there, this generation, and again, I'm speaking to this generation, and I want parents to understand this. Because they're so stuck on their screens, pictures, movies, YouTube, Rumble, all these things, and I know we're all affected by it, visual aids. Paul tells Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, Give attention to reading. Why is reading number one? Because reading makes the mind sharp. Because reading makes the mind produce the picture. Reading takes the mind out of your sleep. Why do you think people don't like to read? Because when they read, they get tired. When you, how many, how many have a struggle when you say, "I'm going to read, I'm going to read six chapters of a book of, of six chapters of of, a, of the Bible," and you get halfway through and you start yawning? Why? Because your mind is turning. Your mind is going to sleep. The mind was designed, the mind was designed to produce thought, pictures. You produce those pictures. Your mind is supposed to produce pictures. That's why, that's why people don't like reading because it makes the mind produce the picture. What we, what we have with YouTube, what we have with all these other, all these other um, uh, uh, visual aids is the fact that if we see it, we don't have to think and we don't have to create. And that is, and that really, that really um, eliminates a vital portion, a vital portion of our spiritual growth is to read because I want those words to create in me a clean, a clean heart. I want those words to create clean thoughts. I want words to create in me the right pictures in my mind. I want to create the right thoughts. I want to create that. So when I read, those those words come into my spirit and into my mind and they produce a thought like again if i say the word dog right everybody has their own interpretation of what a dog is why because your mind will produce a dog to me a dog if I, when i say dog right away i got two yorkies that i think about what comes to your mind when you say dog because that word dog you create 
that picture of what a dog is. And that's the exercise of growth, spiritual growth, is, is to expand your reading. That's why Paul says, pay attention. Make sure that if you're a young person, you are a person that reads, not just looks at YouTube, not just takes in picture information. Because if you just take in pictures, you don't. your mind never creates anything because you see it for what it is. You become indoctrinated. What do I mean by become indoctrinated? You are told what to think, not how to think. You are told this is what it is, not this. Words are there to create thought, to create pictures, to create so that you can learn and grow. And Paul tells Timothy, Paul tells Timothy very clearly, read. Do not neglect reading. This is how young people stay out of manipulation is they read. They get their own information. They come up to their own thoughts. They come up to their own ideology. This is why what's going on in our public system right now where they're they're pouring in all kinds of crazy stuff into the kids because they're not teaching them how to think anymore. They're teaching them what to think. They're, they're giving them pictures. They're, they're giving them close-ended questions. They're living into one-conclusion things. They're not allowing them. They're not giving them things to read that will expand their minds. They're giving them assignments to close their minds. That they don't have to create pictures. They don't have to, they, their mind doesn't have to create anything. They spell it out for them. And Paul, Paul says, if you don't want to be manipulated, if you don't want to be manipulated, then give attention to reading. Exhortation. Okay? Exhortation. Paraclesis. Para means to come alongside. That's where you get the word parakletos from right? The Holy Spirit, the Comforter. We all know that, those of us that are Christians, we all know the Parakletos, the, the Holy Spirit. Parakletos. Paraklesis here talks about one that comes alongside, right? One that comes alongside and speaks to your ear. One that will help you. That's what exhortation is. It's discipleship. Paraklesis. Okay, to come alongside. So if you're being discipled, that doesn't mean that you're reading somebody's book. That doesn't mean that you're just going to the youth group. And when you're being discipled, that means that you got somebody alongside with you. Okay, you got somebody alongside with you that's helping you, that's coaching you, that's that's giving you information that you didn't have on your own. That's giving you hands-on training. That's giving you not just information but formation. They're, they're forming you. They're helping you see life correctly. They're, they're, they're guiding you when you're wrong. They're, they're leading you when you don't know what to do. That's what exhortation is. Paraclesis. And then finally, discalia, doctrine. In other words, you have, must know the teachings of the Bible. And this is where most Christians go wrong. is the fact that they don't teach the children doctrine. Doctrine. What they teach them is a bunch of Bible stories, and they use they use cartoon characters in order to in order to teach a principle, and they don't learn the Bible. No, the Bible, the Bible, is learnable and it's teachable for children. That's what that's what Second Second Corinthians three is all about. What Paul tells Timothy, that from a child, the brephos, from the infant stage, you were exposed to the Holy Scriptures that make you wise to salvation. We must start teaching our children doctrine. We must start teaching them about creation, about man and woman. 
We have to take, we have to get in front of everything. Why? Because we don't want the world to despise their youth, control, manipulate. We don't want to cut a proneo our kids where they're manipulated by the worldly system because they don't read anymore. They don't allow discipleship anymore. And they definitely don't know the Bible anymore. They don't know the doctrines of the church. Holiness, righteousness. They don't know the things the church stands for. And therefore, they're easily manipulated. They get despised in the world. Again, we had these, we had these five Tampa Bay uh, baseball players that are Christians. And says, no, that's not a lifestyle that we suppose, because that's not what Jesus said. That's not what the Bible said. And it drew backlash from, from ESPN. Oh, you're bigoted. Oh, it's not homosexual. You're ignorant. You're bigoted. You're hateful. You're, no, no, we're not. That's not what the Bible says. They want to get rid of your Bibles. They're coming after, they're coming after your Bibles. They're coming after what you believe. And this is why they want to what? They want to despise your youth. They want to despise them, control them, subjugate them, manipulate them. But again, what are the steps that Paul gives us in order to make sure that our children are, are not manipulated and are thinking free? Is number one, reading. Number two, discipleship. And number three, doctrine. Knowing the doctrines of the church. Knowing what the Bible says about different aspects on behavior, on, more, on sexual morality, on creation, on human affairs. It's all doctrine. Discalia, the doctrines of the church. We must know them. Our children must know them. And you will see that they will not bend when everybody else does. Now, I said all that to, to take you to Daniel chapter 1. This, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the scenario, again, because... Because many Christians, they don't understand historical issues. For years, in Daniel chapter, in Daniel chapter 1, how, how did Daniel and how did, how did Israel get taken into Babylon? Well, they forsook the word of God. They stopped teaching the word of God in the synagogues. They started, they started compromising. They started, going, they started going completely pagan in Israel. And guess what happened? God sent God sent the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar into, okay? He sent him into the king, instructed Aspenaz, the master of the eunuchs. Okay? That, that Aspenaz became the became the what I would call the trainer of the culture. We'll get we'll get there in a minute. Okay? But in the, listen, listen to what it says. Listen to what it says, okay? Because you you have to understand that there's many Christians. That, oh, we don't we don't we don't get into politics. We don't get into any of that. Hey, listen, if you have a king that's giving orders, those are politics. And if you have an evil king, if you have an evil king that's giving evil orders, it's going to affect your life. So you want a righteous king that thinks right that moves in the right direction to give good policies out so that we can live in peace. The church is not obligated to bend its knee to any law and edict that
that is against the word of God. That's why the church has to be compromised by the world so that we can bow our knee to all these crazy things that are coming to the church and we've called them acceptable. Again, it's very important for you to understand that God will allow things to happen. He'll give you an evil king because you've compromised and you laid your Bible down. How many people laid their Bible down? This would happen in Dan this would cause Daniel chapter 1. They laid the Bible down. They stopped serving God. They they went completely pagan. And God judged them. Listen, in the third year of the reign of Jeroboam, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem to besiege it. And the Lord gave Jeroboam, king of Judah, into the hands, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his gods. And he brought the articles into the treasures, uh, into the treasures of his house of his foreign gods. N now, let's look at this. Okay, Jeroboam. Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, okay, the southern king, a strong city. They laid the word of God down. They began to compromise. The priests stopped being priests. They became carnal. They gave up all the things of, of, of God. They laid it down and God judged them. So he sent Nebuchadnezzar in to teach them a lesson. And guess what the king, guess what Nebuchadnezzar went? He went straight to the church. See, this is one of the direct assaults from the enemy in the world we live in today. Attack the church. Make sure the church gets compromised. Make sure the church does not stand firm on the word of God. Divide it doctrinally. Don't let them read anymore. Pull the Bibles out. Tell them the Bible's a myth. myth. Tell them the Bible is theory. Tell them the Bible is old and antiquated. Tell them the Bible is, is confusing. Tell them, the, just tell them, get them from reading. Get them from reading. Compromise the leadership so that there's no more discipleship because you can't tell anybody, leave that alone because that's going to send you to hell. You don't do this because that's going to lead you astray. Don't, you can't tell them, get rid of all discipleship programs and processes. Get away from strong preaching and exhortation. Get away from, get away from the paraclesis of, of the church, of discipleship, the one-on-one -on -one training. Get rid of that. Get rid of preaching of sin. Get rid of purity. Get rid of holiness. Get rid of compromise the leadership. Because if the leaders fail, then everybody else goes, goes, uh, gets discouraged and they scatter. You strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter. And this is what we have to avoid in your home is mothers and fathers stay strong so that your children will stay strong because if they strike the head and the head falls the the sheep are scattered and this is one of the assaults where did where did Nebuchadnezzar go he went straight to the house of God and he took the instruments from the house of God he took important valuables he took he took gold he took stuff that belonged to the house of God and he brought it into his house. This is this is what Vodi was talking about. Taking God's kids, compromising them, putting them on their stage, and all of a sudden they're gonna play they're gonna play for God in the middle of, of everything. No, that's not how it works. You don't bait and switch. You teach your kids to stay uncompromisingly righteous. Stay strong in God. They are part of the generation of shine. They are part of generation of wisdom that will turn a generation like the stars of the that's the that's the great revival that's coming. As I work with this young generation, they're hungry and thirsty. But guess what? 
they got to start reading. They've got to put their nose in the book. They've got to start learning the doctrines of the church so they won't be manipulated by this world and this culture and have the, and have the power of the Spirit to, to execute what the Word of God is demanding from them in front of the masses. This is what's needed in our generation today. Not a bunch of soft, soft ones that, that will go along with the flow of the world and then turn around and say, okay, but I'm, I'm a Christian now. We've seen that. We've done that. It's gotten us nowhere. The church is more compromised now than ever before. With the pedophilia, with the pedophilia that, is, that hit Disney, with the groomers, with all that, how many of you still are listening and even touch Disney? Because you don't think it's bad. Oh, it doesn't affect me. Do you know that they just came, they just came out with the movie. I forget the name of the movie. I think it's called Maxi or, 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 or Proxy or something like that. But guess what? Guess what the main character is? He's a man looking for tampons. He's a man looking, he's a, he's a young boy looking for what type of tampons to put on. Because men can menstruate. And then men can have babies. And man, this is what's coming out from this world. And, and, and everybody, oh, no, no, shut that mouse down. How do you shut it down? By staying true to the word of God. And if you are still watching Disney, if you're still watching Mickey, if you're still going to, that, to, to the castle, the happiest place on earth, if you're still going there, guess what? Guess what? Compromise. Compromise. There are things that we must Stand by. We're going to stand by the doctrines of the church. We're not going to support Moloch. We're not going to support Jezebel. We're not going to support that. We're not going to lay our Bibles down so that we can be taken into Babylon. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. When you look at the... I'll, pre, I'll teach tomorrow on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because this is just part one. I'll give you part two tomorrow. Okay? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we read about them today because they didn't go and assimilate. And then all of a sudden sit there and say, no, no, we love God. No, no. They didn't bow, so they didn't burn. They didn't bow, so they didn't burn. That, that's the end part. And we'll get into certain details tomorrow. But anyway, I just wanted to give that to you today that we're not going to compromise. We're not going to get off the word of God. We must teach our children not to be despised, not to be manipulated, kata proneo, not to be controlled, subjugated, pounced upon so they can be easily manipulated. And how are we going to do that? By get, making sure our kids read, read, that they read the Bible so that their minds can produce the words of God, that their minds become renewed by God's word. We want them to be exhorted personally through their youth groups, through their Sunday school departments, through the fathering in the home, through the mothering in the home, paraclesis. We want them to have one-on-one -on -one someone working and counseling with them and guiding them and explaining things that they don't understand, whether they are in the, whether things happening in the world or things happening in the Word of God that they want explanation to. That is true discipleship, paraclesis, coming alongside and speaking into the ear. And finally, 
dysdoskalia. They need to know the doctrines of the church. They need to know what we do believe and what we do not believe. The doctrines of the church. And we will grow and we will have strong, powerful, undespised youth for this generation. Well, God bless you. I pray that this helped you out today. And uh, again, stay tuned for tomorrow. We'll get into we'll get into Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and what the culture tried to do and how they withstood the culture. Very important. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. <music>